Welcome to Amuna is our future with guidance for Bali Tshuva. That's the focus today. Bali Tshuva guidance is a big title and I wouldn't even venture to give such a class on our Moody weekly class and this could be something which can go on for a few weeks I think maybe the whole time period that we're going into and I would be uh, mistaken not to mention like right now we just had Hanukkah Hanukkah was one of the biggest joys for me personally in my journey was the first festival I really connected with in an active way of lighting the candles and seeing it around and around thank god it even 20 something years ago when i was first doing a tshuva of coming back hanukkah was there and this year with the zos hanukkah with the climax we didn't get to give a class during hanukkah but we did give a pre-hanukkah class and there we had a lot of the concepts of hanukkah explained and brought out but zos hanukkah this climax comes this tremendous completion of all 36 lights because every night we light one and add most of the we add another one, two, three, four, all the way up to 36 candles in total, which is connected, very spiritual concept, just connected to the 36 parts of the Talmud and 36 of the uh, righteous people of every generation. It's brought down in Pasha's Kisavo that every generation there's 36 righteous lights in the generation, people that light up the world and lead us and guide us and my class today going into guidance how do I guide people in tshuva about it to be about tshuva and how does it connect to what I just spoke about Hanukkah, Zos Hanukkah and the time we're heading into so we'll start off with a little explanation of that 36 lights we spoke about there's 36 sections of Talmud and this week going out of Hanukkah we go into the Siyam Shas which is the seam, a completion of those 36 lights. And many have a custom, as the rabbi spoke with Elgrad in our daily halacha corner. He spoke about how Hanukkah, the, the climax, we light up all the wicks. We do a Zos Hanukkah party, a Suda, a meal, and we bring together all that light from Hanukkah and internalize it. That's the key to everything we're doing to internalize. What we're learning in these classes has to be internalized and brought down in strategy. So it's not just inspirational weekly, you know, ideas that you forget about. It's something that actually you start doing. So when you had this inspiration from Hanukkah, these 36 lights, one, you can go practically just go learn chess, go learn the Talmud. Thank God this week we'll be celebrating in Jerusalem and around the whole world and it will be hundreds of thousands of people celebrating this completion. It's a massive achievement for the world, for our people, that there is ability to learn the Talmud and ancient wisdom, Kodesh Kedoshim, this holy wisdom, and we're able to learn it and internalize it and bring it into everything we're doing in a real way. I want to also explain something, you know, I personally, I'm not feeling 100% well, so excuse, excuse me on that side. And that is part of what we're going to talk about. Guidance to Balit Shuva is when you have such a light like Zos Hanukkah or the, the Siam of Shas, learning all of Shas or learning all of Sifrei Rebbeinu if you're a Breslover, doing all the Avodah of Rabbi Nachman of Espodidus and Chatzos, as it says Simcha, if it says his name is Rabbi Nachman ben Simcha, Simcha is Rashi Tevis, Shulchan Aruch, it's the first letters of Shulchan Aruch, Mikvah and 
Chatzos, Ches, and Hispodidus. So Shin is Shulchan Mem is Mikvah, Ches is Chatzos, Midnight, the Midnight Rabbi, and Hey is Hispodidus. That is four huge things, personal prayer, four huge aspects of Simcha. How do we get to Rabbi Nachman ben Simcha, this level of Simcha, of listening to the Eitzahs, those four compartments, learning all of the Shulchan all the laws of the Jewish law, that we have Rav Algrad, learning about mikvah, doing mikvah, purifying ourselves, every place now in the world, thanks to people like Chabad and other organizations, we have mikvahs everywhere, the idea of mikvah, of hope, there's always tikvah, there's always ways to fix ourselves, and then chatzos, this idea of, of this great midnight prayer, and then his bodhidus, personal prayer. These are very high levels. So how do we take such light if we're learning about Hanukkah, or we've experienced Hanukkah, we're learning about Rabbi Nachman, or experienced the light of the 36 righteous Siddiquim in every generation, we're connecting into this huge light. And that's what happens to many Bat Shuva. We spoke about it before, personally, how I came back at the beginning, all the way back in Munazar Future in the summer, and we're already now right in the middle of the winter, as you can hear from my cold. We spoke about this journey that I personally went through and this journey to come to tshuva, to what tshuva is. So one of the amazing things is, as you leave Hanukkah and you go into the Pashas of Igash and Ve'yichi, we climax Sefer Bereshis, the first Sefer, the first book of Genesis, of the beginning of the Torah, with our Avram, Yisak, Yaakov and the 12 tribes, with Yosef Asadik's wonderful story in Egypt. We climax this, what with? With Shogunin. This is a very powerful time, and that's why maybe during these six weeks coming up after Shabbos Chazak next week, we're going to go through the concepts of tshuva and what does it mean to be about tshuva, my personal journey, and most importantly, to share some of the guidance that I've received from these spiritual lights and in a way that we can internalize and make it practical. So I hope our little introduction is not too much light already. It's a little bit covering a lot of things, the idea of Hanukkah, the sea of Ashas, this big light that comes from the righteous people, how to bring it into vessels, as Gedalia Fenster always talks about, bring it into practical advice, daily advice. This is the key to our generation, how to make real changes. And personally, I look different, like I grew up secular, I didn't grow up connected at all to Judaism, other than a little bit of traditional, like the famous, you know, things like Pesach, Passover, Seder, and Yom Kippur, and a little bit here and there of, you know, I remember one Yom Kippur, this is how far I was, I didn't, I didn't, you know, even know about the ideas of, you know, not making malachas, of not doing work on Yom Kippur, other than I didn't eat. So a bunch of friends told me, why don't you smoke up with us? I was like, well, no, I'm keeping the, this festival, you know, we're outside shul, shul hopping, which once again is where I met my wife all those years ago, my soulmate. So we're shul hopping and I'm seeing my friends all smoking weed and stuff. And I say to them, no, it doesn't feel right. They said, yeah, but you know, if you do it, you're like, you know, you want to eat more. So you'll get more rewards because you want to, you know, get munchies and you want to go eat. And stupidly, I listened. I didn't know it was such a grave thing to smoke on Yom Kippur. And I did, and I smoked weed, and I felt like, wow, yeah, I really do want to eat. But I'm not going to. That I didn't do. They, those guys, went off. Not only did they eat, but they ended up doing all kinds of crazy stuff with girls. And they went and got McDonald's. And they, they just went, whoosh, they went, flew down. But that whole year, personally, I went to university, and I was fighting off 
like this this drug dealer that was in my house that I I was renting in university. He gave me all his drugs. He was so lazy, couldn't be bothered to sell it. And he told me just you smoke and do what you want with it. So that whole year was now dealing with that habit of smoking weed to the point where, thank God, with the blessing of Shabbos, I was able to realize I could for one day not smoke weed. And with that power, I was able to realize after a trip to Israel and a few other special parts, we'll get into how Hashem shined this light to me in a very real way. And that's why I posted the picture. Thank you, Hashem, because you really woke me up in a very obvious way. I have lots and lots of stories of that part of my life. And I was able to thank God that year quit completely and take on Shabbos. And I haven't touched weed or anything since I was a, a you know, late teens. And I'm proud of that fact. Even spoken cigarettes, I haven't touched at all. And it's, I think that's something that for our generation, when there's so much like distraction and so many pools all the time, and now smoking's become legalized in many places, and it's such a reality. So how do we, like, in terms of, and when I mean smoking, I mean weed, yeah? How do we internalize this light of tuba that we can make a change in a habit? Like, how did I stop smoking? Or how did I take on Shabbos? How does a person, how does a person really face their, their creator at a daily level on three times a day, as we spoke about in the previous class, and praying? How do we do tshuva? So what happened after Hanukkah, Hashem gave us a tremendous light. We're going to talk about this the weeks to come, called Shovavim. These parshas coming up are now like preparation. It's like, like I said, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and the 12 tribes, they're giving us like the inspiration to now become a nation, become B'nai Israel, become the Jewish people, and to be a light unto the nations and to the whole world. So now we've got that inspiration from Bereshus, and we're finishing it off now, and we're going into Shmos, which is the beginning of these six special Shabbos, Shovavim. Once again, the first letters, Shmos, Vieira, Bo, Meshalach, Yisro, Mishpotim, these six special Shabbos, these six special weeks coming up after we finish Bereshit. We're going into the Sefer of Exodus, movements of God's people. We're going out and we're going to go into this time to find some sort of tshuva. And that's, that's really what Shobhavim means, Shuvu Bonim, return my sons, return my children, return, return everybody. This is a time, and it was a special time given after Rosh Hashanah, after Hanukkah, and that's meant to be the Zos Hanukkah, it's like this completion of this whole spiritual time period. We started off with even Elo, even earlier in the summer. We went all the way to now. Suddenly you think, well, you know, what's ahead? Yes, Shobhavim the parshas of Exodus, of going out and being redeemed. And that redemption is something all of us have power to connect in on an internal way and a, and a unique individual way. Because there's a nation of Jewish people, then there's an individual redemption, an individual tshuva. There's that personal tshuva, that personal prayer that we spoke about so much from Rav Shalom Arish, that every day, for example, him as a tremendous light of how to do tshuva is about tshuva himself. If you go to Garden of Amuna, his books, his series, and you see how Rav Shalom Orish, he did tshuva on a daily level. It wasn't just, you know, like something which, you know, you put on a hat and, you know, grow a long beard. And, or if you're a woman, you put on, cover your hair when you get married or whatever it is, like external. It's not some external like party. It's a real inner 
journey. And that is what he does every day. He does tshuva, he, can, he stands in front of Hashem and repents on the day. And that, therefore, as all the Siddiquim did, he's cleansing himself for that day. So in a way, every day is like a little mini Yom Kippur. And therefore, he doesn't need to come to Yom Kippur and be this whole big deal of like a whole year of baggage and problems and, and headaches. So let me just say something as a disclaimer. Well, right now in the middle of this important class, how to give guidance to Batshiva, and why are we even doing it? So I wrote in the notes, someone emailed me and asked, please, can you give more guidance to Batshiva? So the first thing we've already pointed out, just to make it clear, is there is a tremendous light of inspiration initially. There's this Hanukkah, there's this time of light. There is this time of awakening, where suddenly things in your life start to flow. I have another podcast called Inspired Flow. And over there, I talk about how every day there's a flow, there's, there's a divine providence. We have a relationship flow, a new podcast. This concept of how in every relationship, finding a soulmate, there's a destiny, there's, there's a flow, there's a bishat, as they say. There's this concept of finding that part of yourself in first within, and then seeing it in other people and in your own family and your friends and you're finding a rabbi or a guide to guide you. These are all part of this divine flow, this divine providence that we've spoken about in my own past podcast and also even in our Muna is our future podcast. This is very profound, but how does a person bring it down into real life? Once again, it has to be practical. It has to have balance. And that's one of the things as about tshuva we're going to discuss it's such a challenging point because there's such inspiration, there's such a big Torah, there's so much to learn, there's so much to pray about, there's so much to do in a day if you start to realize what a person's obligated in, what a person's abilities are. Like we way, way underestimate ourselves. You know, I'm feeling tired, I'm feeling sick. Yeah, my parents were here last week during Hanukkah. I tried to make a shear, no one was there. It wasn't going to happen. So but there's so much to do, and then you're feeling sick. You know, I just go to bed and like be, you know, have a little break for a week or so. You know, Hanukkah parties. You know, I just I'll turn up for those. No, I have to be there for my parents, and be there for my kids, be there for my wife. My wife, amazingly, she was also not well, and she had the strength to be there. And what is that point? Is balance. It's one word, balance. Because in the end, as much as you need to do, you have to keep balance. And sometimes that balance can be pushed and you're gonna be tested. You're gonna be like, wait a minute, in order to go ahead, like I say, I was sick and this and that, and there's a lot going on, it's Hanukkah's busy time. How am I gonna balance out all this light and this opportunity, and you know, we're on a Muda tour, or we're doing whatever we're doing in our life, with big business opportunities, or big shidduch opportunity, and we're in a shidduchim, and we're busy going on dates, and discussing, and it takes up so much time, and how to keep that balance in your daily life. How to internalize Torah, this light, this inspiration, this revelation that was thousands of years ago. And everyone in the world knows it happened. There's not one religion that argues with this revelation. This revelation happened and it's, and it's happening. The question is, how do we, as a real people, internalize and bring it into our daily life? This is, to me, the most important aspect of being about tshuva is how can you bring it out to yourself in a healthy, balanced way? How can you bring it out to your family in a healthy, balanced way? How can you bring it out to the world in a healthy, balanced way? Like, let's be honest, you know, for example, finances. We'll discuss, I mean, each thing is to do tshuva. You know, I personally, like, I was in university, like, I'm going to Israel, I'm going to learn, and I'm going to become as Jewish as I can be, connecting to my tradition, 
miss, you know, I miss years and years of learning as many children can take for granted. They just get naturally as part of their Jewish upbringing. I didn't know what the Talmud was. I didn't know what the Chumash was. I didn't know Mishnayis. I didn't know Halacha. I didn't know Kitzvah Shukrach. I didn't know any of the Svarim, Panemius, the inner Svarim. I didn't know the Zohar. I didn't know any of the Hasidish Svarim. I didn't know what Musa was. I didn't know anything come out. Like it was just like Judaism was a bunch of guys shaking around in the shul and, you know, and, and a little maybe I maybe saw and maybe a sukkah I saw. Maybe, you know, like it was mostly like ignorance. I just didn't know. And unfortunately, a large amount of the Jewish people in this generation right now, with all the availability of online classes, and that's why I ask you to share, because we all have the responsibility to educate our people of our tradition. They don't have to become crazy religious, they just have to know at least the basics of what their beautiful treasure trove of wisdom. And it's so chaval when people go, there's so many other religions and so many other wisdoms, and they don't even have their own foundational, including myself, I didn't know the foundational aspects of our own people's wisdom. So then I can like go into the rest of the world with an open mind and understand, like, well, when uh, Muslim guys are trying to make me Muslim, no, but it was Yitzchak, not Yishmael and the Kena. Or when the Christians want to make me Christians, you know, but... You know, but there was no more prophets of a certain time. You know, so how can you say you had a prophet at that point, or even more, you had a god, or whatever you, however you explain it? Each religion was coming to me. I didn't really know how to foundational respect my own path and how to hold strong in who I am. And it was, in a way, a miracle at university that I didn't get caught up in some cult or some other religion and that I came to the Jewish religion because the Jewish religion wasn't like shining to me in university. It was one rabbi, Chabad rabbi, around the corner from where I was staying. It happened to be Divine Providence. He was around the corner and I'd had a few experiences in Israel and suddenly a few books came into my possession from my father or this or that, around and around. And suddenly a friend of one of my best friends started and I lost my phone so I couldn't really talk to so many girls anymore. And, you know, and I suddenly realized maybe I don't want to just be, you know, busy like I spoke about in a relationship flow with women. I want to actually find my soulmate. I want to find something more meaningful. And I started waking up to very deep ideas, but I didn't have the foundation as a Jewish person. So we have the job as a Jewish person who does know more now, thank God. I've done 20 years of investigation, of learning, of internalization, of being around righteous people and trying to internalize their wisdom and their guidance. And once we get this balanced path, because it takes a while, because at the beginning it seems a bit extreme. Like I said, I like left everything in a way. But then you start to balance out how to bring your religious, spiritual, tshuva experience, this light, into your real personality, your real life. And you start to balance out, you know, with who you are, you know, that you start to realize you need music and you need art and you need creativity. And you can't just be a robot of just keep Torah, keep Torah. You have to suddenly, like, realize you're a person, you've got emotions, you've got a wife in front of you or a husband or a soulmate, you're going to have to have children, please God, if you're meritorious, you're going to, and with those children you're going to have to work out your balance, how to bring them up and get the advice and fill in some of the gaps, how to bring up religious children in a, in a religious environment, uh, if that's where you're blessed to be, and all these kind of scenarios, this suddenly you've got to internalize and come out with real balanced approach. Sometimes you're going to make mistakes. And that's part of being human. Sometimes you're going to overdo the spiritual journey. Like I said with Rabbi Nachman, you're going to do too much chatzos, midnight prayers, midnight rabbi out in the street every night for five years. 
you know, you're going to burn out or you're going to do too much intensity on yourself, like I need to be holy and pure and guard my eyes in an extreme way, or you're going to do, take something a bit too far. And if you go to the actual righteous people themselves, they would guide you and say, no, balance, patience, hamtain, erechapayim, lat lat. There's all Torahs about this. Know how to take the wisdom of the Torah and put it into vessels, and slowly, slowly, you come to real simcha, to real joy, to really internalize the light of what it means to be someone who is about tshuva, what they call. I did write that in the notes below that the righteous people said everybody needs to be about tshuva. So if that's the, the clarity of the righteous people in our generation, that everyone needs to be about tshuva, then everybody needs to listen to these classes, not just my classes, but all the classes online that, that relate to them, and they need to share them because there's other people who unfortunately don't have access to this wisdom and they need to know about it. They can choose to not learn it, not listen. It's your choice, your phone, your computer, your time, your your podcast, whatever you follow. It's up to you to choose what you do. But the, the opportunity has to be there that people can choose to recapture what it means to be about tshuva because in the end, everyone has to do tshuva on some level. Everyone needs to return to their true essence, to their soul level, to but in a real balanced, practical way, so it can be successful in daily life and it can bring out the best of Amunah as our future. So we have a future that's positive and it is going to be based on Amunah because Amunah is the, once again is foundational to this whole concept of tshuva, that to tshuva, hey, to return yourself and everything you're doing back to God is going to take some Amunah and understanding of what God is, that intrinsic Amunah, that was a big question my mother asked. She was just here. What does it mean to have a muna? What is a muna? It's this words, you, you know, these tours you're doing. She, you know, she, once again, she also doesn't know about the tradition I, that we have and so much. So as much as I try to like, you know, just focus on my relationship with them, but once in a while they ask me a question about Judaism and I said a muna is intrinsic. It's intrinsic knowledge of God. It's something so deep and so real that once you tap in, once that part of myself woke up, that is the ultimate guide to being about tshuva, that you have it within. Rav Jor Kasuto talks about it, and for sure, Siddiquim, for sure, must have talked about it, David Amalek, Siddiquim, and this idea of Yosef Asadik right now in these pastures, of doing tshuva, doing repentance, of being moda ala emes, of being honest and real with yourself, facing yourself. I'm not perfect. I'm not a person who's fitting to give a class to anybody, in my opinion, but God is misavid, Hashem decided with divine providence, I'd be sitting here talking, and I've gone on a bit longer than I ever do, because the main point of just tshuva, of return, of repentance, is so important, so fundamental for our generation, and it really will solve all the issues. We see all these tragedies, we'll end off on this point, all the tragedies going on, all the, this supposed anti-Semitism and, and real anti-Semitism, there is real things going on, and all this intense media coverage and everything, and, and all the reactions online, and all suddenly everyone's doing a class about this because you know everyone's thinking about it, and also you get more views. But now, you know, in the end, why do we have to talk about it? Not because of the views not because of we want more people to listen to us and we were trying to build our brand or something like that, because that is definitely always in the back of mind of any person online. You have to talk about it because we have to do tshuva. We have to be honest tshuva. So I'll end on that note. Everyone be blessed with a beautiful week, and I'm looking forward to continue this discussion of guidance about it tshuva, and thank you for your feedback to get us on this subject.